Hey everyone, welcome back to Tech Talk. I'm Julia Beauchamp. I am here with CSO Online contributing writer Maria Korolov. We are talking at CCPA. We are streaming live to the YouTube Tech Talk channel as well as the CSO Online LinkedIn page. So if you have any questions about CCPA, which is the California Consumer Privacy Act, yes? Yes, I got it. it. Be sure to leave them down below and we will get to them during our live broadcast. And if we don't get to them, we'll try our best to get back to them after the fact. So Maria, thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. I love talking about this stuff. (laughs) So we had Maria on our YouTube channel back in September talking CCPA, and we got a ton of questions about how the law is going to affect businesses once it is goes into effect, which is kind of now, but the California Attorney General isn't going to start actually penalizing companies just yet, right? Yeah, till the summer. So let's just do a quick recap. What exactly is CCPA? So the idea is to protect customers in California. Okay. So if you have a lot of customers in California, 50,000, then you can't just do anything you want with their personal data willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Um, the people in California have to give you specific permissions. Um, you have to be able to respond to their requests about what information they're collecting about, about them. You have to be ready to delete all that information if they ask you to. Uh, you have to comply with certain security protections. And if you violate these laws then there's a fine of up to $7,500 per violation per person. So each person can have like several violations if you mm-hmm. violate different parts of the law. There's no upper limit to the fines. And it just keeps getting better because people in California can also sue you. Whew. All right. <laughs> and they love to sue. So <laughs> so you touched a little bit, having 50,000 customers in California, mm-hmm. what are some other necessary components that you your company has to, how do you know if your company has to comply with CCP? What are the other components of the law? Uh, that's basically the main thing, is okay. if you're collecting private data on people in California, or if you're in the business of selling data, you're a data broker. Okay. So if you're one of those companies, and that private data could be anything as simple as IP addresses of people who come to your website. I was about to ask, what counts as this private yeah. data? So it's pretty vague. It covers biometrical data. All right. The way, so, for example, the way a person moves their mouse is biometric data. Interesting. And on top of all the usual stuff, the social security numbers, the email addresses, the passwords, their addresses, their phone numbers, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other stuff falls under private data, personally identifiable data that if you put it all together, you can target individual people and you can get some information about how they act, how they think. All that stuff that people are really upset about, about the privacy violations, this law is designed to put the control back into the hands of consumers. All right. So before we get into our viewer-specific questions, I want to talk a little bit about how this law is actually going to work once it becomes, once it starts going, again, it's in effect, but the Attorney General of California isn't actually going to start prosecuting cases yet. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the process. So let's say I'm a California consumer and I want to know all of the data that XYZ company has about me. What is the process for obtaining that data? What rules does the company that I'm asking for the data have to follow? And how soon can I get that data? What are my next steps? How can I sue? Should I sue? Mm -hmm. 
I want all the details. Okay. So if I'm a California consumer, um, I sh- and if I'm looking at a particular company, mm-hmm. I should have the opt-in messages for every specific type of data they're collecting on me with information about how they use that data. Okay. Then uh, the company should have somewhere you know, v- uh, accessible information on how to request my data and how to request for my data to be deleted. A company that doesn't have those opt-ins and doesn't have that process for requesting the data is in violation of the law. Mm-hmm. If I contact the company, the company has 45 days to get back to me. Okay. Um, if it doesn't, it's in violation of the law. And if a privacy violation results in a data breach, then I personally, as an individual, can sue that company. So the law provides for consumer lawsuits and class action lawsuits. All right. So you have the ability to sue, but what's so let's take the other side the other position you're you are a company you're you're in charge of the the data of at least 50,000 California residents what steps are you taking on your end to make sure that you are in compliance of the law the first thing is and and all the lawyers i talk to are recommending this reduce the scope um, and this this comes up in every single compliance law the less data you collect, the less data you have to deal with. Right. So, for example, if you have payments happening in your website, do you really need to keep that payment data or can you use a third-party data processor to do the data collection and to do all the payment stuff? So, mm-hmm. like, use your bank or use whoever you're using, have them deal with all that data and have the least amount of contact possible between all that personal, private, sensitive data, and your computer systems. If you don't keep a copy of this data, you don't have to protect this data, and you're not going to be breached when people steal this data. Okay. Uh, the same thing for marketing things. If you're using a marketing company, say using Google AdSense, and you let Google handle all the privacy-related stuff, let them get sued, that means that you don't keep any of this information on your own servers. Mm -hmm. It's all out of scope. Um, You still want to make sure that you're actually doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're still responsible for any mistakes you make. You can't just say, oh, it's all Google's fault. Mm -hmm. Um, If you collect the data, if you're the party that's in charge of this data, you own this data. If you collect the data and keep it on Google servers, that's not the same as letting Google handle your marketing for you. If you collect the data and you keep it in Google servers or in Amazon servers, if you rent a storage space and you keep printouts there, doesn't matter where you keep that data, you're responsible for that data. And many cloud providers that say they're CCPA compliant are actually saying that they themselves are CCPA compliant for their own customers that pay them money. They're not going to go through your data records, mm-hmm. all your files, all your email messages, all your Excel spreadsheets, all your customer relationship databases to see if you're following CCPA procedures. It's on you to do that. If you collect the data in, you know, in any way, you're responsible for taking care of that data. 
Gotcha. And I would imagine, too, if you're someone who is in the business of working with these third-party vendors, you would want to make sure – that's probably has got to be one of the first questions that you need to ask now is, are you CC compl- CCPA compliant? Absolutely. Um, I just talked with a consultant who used to work with – GPR, uh, still works with the GDPR compliance in Europe. After the GDPR went into effect in 2018, very, very much a similar law – half of the third-party data vendors went out of business. Wow. Because nobody wanted to do business with them. Mm-hmm. These were often smaller companies, the fly-by-night companies, kind of shady, maybe gray area kind of companies. These were the people who weren't really too, very careful about people's privacy. But right after the law went into effect, people stopped using third-party brokers until they vetted them, made sure they were compliant, because you, your systems may be perfect and up to date and some vendor you're working with can mess it all up for you. Sure. And you're on the hook because you're the company the customer deals with. And the fact that you're using a vendor that messed up, I mean, we all heard of the target breach. How many of us heard of the vendor that was responsible for the cybersecurity violation? Sure. I wrote that story. I can't remember the vendor's name. <laughs> All right. Um, a quick reminder to our viewers, we are broadcasting live on the CSO Online LinkedIn page as well as the Tech Talk YouTube channel. So if you have any questions for Maria about CCPA, be sure to leave them down below. We're now going to actually launch into some of our viewer questions mm-hmm. from our previous YouTube video that I believe we did all the way back in September. Once the law was, went into effect January 1, obviously we got quite a bit more questions because people now want to make sure that they're compliant. So let's start off actually you just mentioned gdpr mm-hmm. could let's start there what exactly are the differences between ccpa and gdpr obviously gdpr applies to european countries ccpa applies to california yes so that's the first biggest difference um the big the other bigger difference is in terms of the money uh, gdpr has penalties that are based on global company revenues and it can go up to 4% of your total annual global turnover or 20 million euros, whichever is higher. So uh, that puts, uh, uh, so, so if you're a big company, you're liable for bigger fines in okay. Europe. If you're a smaller company, you're going to have smaller fines in Europe. All right. In California, the fines are based per violation. As I said earlier, it's up to $7,500 per violation, per record, Mm -hmm. and there's no cap. Wow. And so if you're a small company that has a popular website with tons of people and you're doing bad stuff with people's IP addresses and installing cookies and tracking them everywhere and reselling it to Cambridge Analytica or whoever, uh, it doesn't matter how small you are, uh, you're going to get the fine. And uh, some of the legal experts I'm talking to are saying this could be an extinction level event for companies. Seriously, I mean, if you're a small company, you're you're not getting any really grace in the eye of the law. <laughs> um, so moving on, that was one of our um, questions on our YouTube channel. And th- another one, this is more maybe of a specific example, but um, one of our viewers, Devin Jones, they asked a question. Their credit union has been allegedly sharing their information for years, even when they had told them not to. And this viewer said, I'm glad that I'll finally be able to sue them under CCPA. Is that true? They can sue them if the credit union has a breach as a result of these violations. Um, They can report them to the authorities and get the credit union fined. Um, And like I said, the fines can rack up. Sure. So um, 
and, uh, and the company has uh, 45 days to respond. So if you're complaining about stuff, uh, at the very least, you're going to have to wait 45 days before you do anything else. Um, you have to wait for the company to get back to you. All right. Um, we have another question from user Jason S. Does this only apply to companies that reside within California? So I would assume I... I'm going to assume that he means like those obvious Silicon Valley companies. They're all in California, headquartered in California. Uh, No. Any company anywhere on the planet that has users in California. Now, California may have trouble getting to you, um, but do you really want the state of California mad at you? Um, There's a lot of stuff that California can do. Mm -hmm. if you're avoiding fines. Uh, So right now, for example, many American companies are being sued in Europe and being fined by European courts. Uh, I fully expect that to happen with California. And uh, the first two two lawsuits, the first lawsuit uh, related to CCPA is Salesforce.com and Mm -hmm. Hannah Anderson, a clothing company. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't know where they're based, but it's really not relevant for the purposes of suing a company. They right. can be based anywhere. As long as you're a California resident. Yeah. And that's really the, um, obviously, this is the California Consumer Privacy Act. So if you are not a California consumer, you don't necessarily have that right to sue. So, as but as long as you're a California resident, right? And you have the right to find stuff out and get your data deleted. Okay. Yes. If you're a California resident, the law... If a company doesn't do that, they're in violation of the law. Okay. Now, this is a question not necessarily asked by one of our viewers, but I'm, I mean, we're here in Massachusetts. We are not California residents. What are my rights under CCPA? Do I have any? Uh, Legally, no. Okay. But practically, um, you're going to see a lot of benefits. All right. Do you want to know what they are? I do, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So first of all, it will cost money for companies to have one set of rules for California and another set of rules for everybody else. Right. And a lot of the bigger companies are rolling out the same set of rules for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is it's cheaper, a lot easier than have to sort people out. Sure. And then the other thing is like every other state is working on their same laws. So just as with breach notification laws, Cal- you know, California was first and a bunch of other states followed suit. And then like, but now everybody has them. Uh, people expect the same thing to happen uh, with GD, uh, with privacy. Uh, so a lot of companies are being proactive and saying everybody gets their opt-in messages. Everybody gets the right to sure. request their records. Everybody has the right to be forgotten. And we're just rolling it out to everybody. Uh, re- re- rejecting certain requests because they're from a different state will make the company look bad. And okay. that's a P, it's going to be a PR issue for them. So um, there's a lot of companies I've talked to that are just saying we're making this universal. It's good business practice anyway to respect people's data. We're <laughs> going to have to build these systems anyway to track all this data. Why not use them? Um, and uh, we don't want to be accidentally out of compliance because we thought somebody lived there, not there, and you know whatever. It's too much of a headache to try to sort people out will just have a universal respect for privacy for all of our customers. Sure. We have another law-specific question from Best Practice Medicine on our YouTube channel. They said, as far as which businesses will be affected by the law, one of the criteria is possesses slash receives personal data of at least 50,000 consumers, household, or devices. 
their question, some research say that the 50,000 refers to California residents specifically. Other sources seem to interpret the law more broadly and say it's 50,000 consumers in general. It is specifically California uh, residents. Okay. While that section of the law just says consumers, if you look through the law, elsewhere in the law, it defines for the purposes of the law, consumer means California resident. Okay. So <laughs> that there, the law is pretty clear. Gotcha. Um, now, uh, on to someone that is trying to implement become CCPA compliant on their own website um, or with their own data set. Their question is that they are asking if there's a plugin in WordPress or any code that they can use to make sure that they are showing a um, banner that says, do not sell my personal information, then you can click on that. How, if you're working on this on your own website, what, how do you do that? You go to wordpress.org and you type in CCPA in the search function and there, will, there are several plugins on WordPress okay. that do the cookie opt-ins for you. Uh, but again, if you're a small company, you don't really need this personal data. Like, if you don't really, really need it, don't collect it. Okay. You know, uh, unless that is your primary business model, in which case you better get a legal team in there and make sure you're doing everything right and crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Otherwise, let somebody else handle it. Let gotcha. your marketing people, your advertising people, whatever vendor you're using for mm -hmm. that, handle all of it and get as much of your operations as you can out of the scope of this law. Gotcha. We have another question from um, a user on our, a viewer on our YouTube channel, Greg. He asked, is there a potential for using a technology to make this process simpler? And he asked, blockchain? <laughs> uh, you do need technology in place to track your uh, data collection. You need to track the permissions that people give you. You need to track all the locations where the sure. data resides. And you have to track who you share the information with, the third parties you share with. Mm -hmm. Any technology that helps you do that is, 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 is the technology that you should be using. Uh, there's a number of vendors that are springing up in this space for data management that will right. help you do that, that will use various technologies for searching this data, for synchronizing this data. There's artificial intelligence technologies being applied to this. Uh, I'm sure there's blockchain technologies being applied to this as well as traditional databases and graph databases. Uh, every technology that's out there right now, somebody is throwing it at this problem because people are having, having to do this. This sure. is not an optional purchase you have to do something to get a hold of this issue. Mm -hmm. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. If you, if, if there's a way for you to manage this, use it. <laughs> um, similarly, I have, this is just a question that I have. So you are using whatever technology your company has deemed appropriate to collect or sort through all of this data. Now you have all of this data that's different than if you're this is well that would that be considered that's like business use data as opposed to marketing data so you're collecting all this data about people to see whether or not you need to delete it or whether or not that you whether or not you need to comply with CCPA for this specific person I guess what I'm asking is you're always going to be collecting data or your vendor is always going to be collecting data. How do you need – what is the difference between data that you're collecting for X reason versus data that you need to make sure that you're protecting under CCPA? Okay. So there are several major exceptions to the privacy regulations. Okay. The whole point of privacy regulations is to kind of protect consumers against intrusive marketing okay. and, and, sh and unnecessary sharing of their personal information. Right. And exposing it and, you know, 
putting your personal life at risk. Mm -hmm. So if you collect people's data because they buy something from you and you need their mailing address to send him the thing that you bought. Exactly. Okay. You're not going to delete that data if they ask you before you sent them that thing. Mm -hmm. Because you need that data in order to carry out the business purpose they hired you for. Um, another example is if um, I work for a company and I hire a cloud service provider to store all my company's data. Mm -hmm. And I get pissed at my company and I say, delete all this data and delete everything about me so nobody will ever know that I deleted all this company's data. You can't do that. So there's okay. an exception for employee and business contacts for business-to-business -business relationships. Okay. So so there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, there's a, a exception for security and fraud. If I'm stealing something from a company uh, the, if, and I tell the company, oh, delete everything from me, delete all evidence that I stole stuff from you. You know, you have me on video camera, I want you to delete that. Yeah, no, that's not gonna fly. Right. There's an exception for cybersecurity, for fraud. Mm -hmm. Um, you may want to have um, data that you collect to check uh, for mistakes, to to deal with taxes, sure. to um, protect you for forensic discovery and future litigation, mm -hmm. to comply with anti-money laundering uh, regulations, to, with know your customer regulations from the banking sector. There's a whole bunch of other things you have to comply with. You may have to keep business records for a certain number of years for tax purposes. Mm -hmm. All these things are exceptions to the law. And um, uh, if you can show that your data, you're collecting this data for a valid, re legitimate business reason, and you're not doing it to you know, violate your customer's privacy and make money at it, mm -hmm. uh, then you're going to have a good case for this. Okay. Um, and if you look through the law, there's nine specific exceptions. And a lot of the stuff you're going to do that has a business reason will fall directly under one of those exceptions. A lot of gray areas. The law is still being revised. Uh, we're going to see the actual details of what sp the specifics of what is an exemption, what isn't after we start seeing some of the enforcement actions come out, after we start seeing some of the lawsuits resolved. But right now, as a general rule, if you need it to actually do your business, if there's a real need for this data, then there's a chance that it will fall outside of the scope of the CCPA. Okay. Much more eloquently said than me. That's exactly a great point. I mean, you're going to be needing to collect people's data to ship them a package or for – there's a million valid reasons. Yeah, customer support. Exactly. You know, but marketing is when you have to be concerned about complying with CCPA, making sure that you're not um, violating your customer's privacy, and that if they ask you to, you have to delete that marketing data. Yes, Okay. And our last viewer question before we get into our live viewer questions, hopefully you guys have some. Be sure to leave a comment soon so we can get to your question. Um, one of our viewers, Emmanuel, asked, what do you make of companies who do not qualify under the law to be a business or to adhere to this to CCPA? Maybe they don't have 50,000 California residents. What are the best practices for, let's say you don't comply with CCPA, but like you said, this is probably going to affect people more and more. What are your best practices now? Um, first of all, if you're dealing with third-party vendors for anything, marketing, sales, financial processing, any kind of data processing, make sure your vendor is CCPA compliant. Even if you personally don't have to be, 
at some point you may grow to the point where you fall under the law. You don't want to lock yourself into a vendor that doesn't do things right. Mm-hmm. And um, also, it, there's a good chance that the vendor will be out of business soon anyway. You don't want to be stuck with a vendor that's going out of business. Uh, so, so that's the first thing that you should be doing is making sure that all the third-party vendors you deal with are compliant with CCPA. Uh, the next is to figure out if you, whether you're in scope of the law and whether you might be within the scope of the law. Like if right now you have 49,000 customers in California and you're like, phew, I don't have to worry about this. And you have a sale tomorrow and everyone runs and buys your socks and now you're over the 50,000 limit and you haven't prepared for this, you know, you're going to be sure. out of compliance. Um, and, uh, and then if you have a breach on top of it while you're out of compliance, your cybersecurity insurance company may not want to pay up because you're out of compliance with, you know, data privacy regulations. Um, you're you're open to lawsuits from California residents, and you've got all the fines, and uh, it's it's just going to be a giant mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're on the border, uh, be on the safe side. If you're planning for the future, be on the safe side, um, and. If you have uh, a business that is shady morally or ethically uh, and you're thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm in New Jersey or whatever, I can get away with it. uh, Be prepared that within a few years, if not sooner, your state may also roll out similar regulations. Got it. So now we're going to turn to our viewers and see if we have any viewer questions. Michelle, do we have anything from LinkedIn or YouTube? We do. We've got quite a few here. Awesome. Um, So one is clarification. Jeffrey Wright is asking, so in order for CCPA compliance, California entities have to self-attest or does compliance fall under the certified third-party assessor? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, but yesterday I was talking. We can find that question in writing yeah. too. But yesterday I was talking to a compliance lawyer um, about uh, self-assessments, and he said that if you are self-assessing, be very careful that when you're self-assessing, people will often give themselves the benefit of the doubt, and they will say, "Well, it's a gray area," and they'll interpret it in a way that's the most positive for them. And while an external assessor might say. Well, no, this is actually not the way the law is, uh, is applied in practice. So you're going to be in trouble. And the other problem with self-assessment, if the law allows it, mm-hmm. is that um, you may not be up on all the amendments and the notifications and guidelines and addendums and interpretations of the law that have been published by the courts and the regulators and, the, and everyone else because you're not doing CCPA full time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really good reasons. I mean, it might cost you, say, 50000 bucks to hire an external auditor to do this, but that's all they do. Right. And uh, they're not going to be as optimistic as if you do it internally. And they're going to know a lot more about the nuances of the law than you are because that's all they do. And the law keeps changing. So uh, if you do a once uh, assessment like this year by yourself, next year the thing you're assessing to are going to be different. Mm. And if you only come back and you do it once a year and you do it the same way you did it last year, you might, might wind up out of compliance. So there's a lot of negatives to self-assessing. Uh, if you're a very small company, then you know the, you might not be able to afford the 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 cost of having an external assessor. But if you have so much data from Californians that 
you're you're fall under the law, then even if you're a small company, you you really should start thinking about either getting that data out of your systems altogether, uh, moving to a third party or somebody else to to do this for you, uh, or hire hire somebody who knows compliance to make sure your systems are up to date. Nice. I actually have a question. Um, so, when you say get this data out of your system, how does that apply to let's say cloud backups? You, like if let's say you have your backups from years and years ago, where you where does it go? Like how do you have to get that data out? Yeah, so that's a really thorny question. Um, okay. And uh, everybody I've talked to has a different opinion about it. The consensus uh, that I've been hearing is that if you have a backup that includes this kind of sensitive data from years ago, you do not have to pull all those magnetic tapes out of storage and go through every record. What you have to do is if you revert to one of those backups, at the point where you revert to it, that's when you clean out the deletions. Okay. So you have a list of people who've told you to delete their data, and when you revert the data, if you see somebody who's on that list, you take them out before you put that data back into your live database. Now, if you have a hot backup that you can switch to immediately for failover, uh, for disaster recovery, or just you know to save some money, then the hot backup should obviously be up to date, you know, and, and have all the deletions in place. And the backups that are like somewhere in between the two, that's all going to be worked out in the courts. So, okay. you know, welcome to the new world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other viewer questions, Michelle? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to go back to Jeffrey's <laughs> question for just to clarify. So he was asking if you have to do it yourself or a third party. It looks like, sounds like you can do either, but you should be careful when doing it yourself. Yes. Okay. Um, now, Jim Flynn is asking about um, local government. So go local governments are not considered in scope of the CCPA. What about providers that only collect data on behalf of local governments, and the local government is considered the data owner? <laughs> okay. I mean, if, if we need to research this, we can get back to well, Jim. Well, research purposes is one of the exceptions to the CCPA. So if all the data you collect, it has to do with research purposes, and you can show that, then that's one of the exceptions, one of the nine exceptions. Uh, if if this was my business model, I would I would certainly have a, a lawyer double check that though. I mean, I would not go by what you think the law says in this because that's your mm -hmm. entire business model is at stake here. You want to be on, very careful about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, we had a comment question over on YouTube. Bob Olson he asked, "Is there a link we can use to obtain clear written guidelines that a web manager can use and possibly a QA checklist?" <laughs> no, because we really don't know what even the law even is, is okay. yet. And not we, like the broader. Anybody, yeah. yes. I, every lawyer I've talked to is basically saying that uh, people are creating these things on the fly right now based on their best guesses of how the law is going to be interpreted and enforced. And nobody actually knows what's going to happen on the ground until it happens. There are best practices. Uh, for example, like I said, if, if you have a business need for the data versus you only have a marketing need for the data, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you can get it out of scope and use a third party, get it out of scope and use a third party. Um, if you um, 
don't have cybersecurity practices in place, put some cybersecurity practices in place. Put cyber insurance in place. Uh, so, so there's like those kind of general compliance best practices you can follow. Um, and uh, you can also follow a, a cybersecurity framework like NIST. And if you do that, that is a good sign of you can say, you know, I've done, I'm following the best recommended practices for cybersecurity. I'm following, say, the NIST cybersecurity framework. I'm following the PCI, the, the payments data framework. I'm following these frameworks. I am taking all reasonable precautions to protect this data. So that's that's what I'm hearing right now about this. Okay. And again, that might change tomorrow. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. CCPA, this is coming from uh, Rhett Saunders. He asks, CCPA opt-in, is it the same, more, or less strict than GDPR for being explicit opt-in? Oh, I was I wrote about this. Uh, it's different from um, uh, uh, GDPR. Uh, I GDPR. Okay, I do not remember. I am going to look it up. It, like yeah, I said, you, I literally wrote about this, and uh, I'll get that to you. Yeah, send me the link when you get a chance, and I can post it as right, a comment. Right, right. All right. Um, a couple more, uh, just comments here. This sure. is from the consumer side. One person says waiting to get your data for 45 days is too long. Um, and then another person um, wants companies to consider the customer empathy in this. So um, as an example, he exercised his right with a certain organization to delete, stop collecting, and give me a copy. Got a response that, they'll, that the company will respond in 45 days. Three weeks later, got a reply saying they need more time. So he um, is asking companies to, um, I guess, test drive this with customer empathy in mind. <laughs> uh, it's it's a really hard thing to do. So I so I would encourage customers to have some empathy in mind for the companies doing this, too. Uh, so um, uh, yeah, um, they do have forty five days. Uh, it is a long period. Smaller companies that have to do this manually will need all those 45 days. Sure. Large companies that have automated process may be able to get it back to you immediately. Uh, so it depends on how automated uh, the company is for doing this. And for smaller companies that only have you know, 50,000 people in California, they think, oh, I'll get a handful of requests. I'll just manually search for this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they get more requests than they expect. I mean, they're going to be in trouble, not because they're bad companies necessarily, and they could also be bad companies, but it could just be because they can't deal with the paperwork mm -hmm. and they're having trouble catching up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it's, at least for the first few months, uh, don't get too upset if mm -hmm. it doesn't work immediately. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. True. I imagine that for the first few months, there's going to be a real, it's going to be difficult for companies to get used to this high volume of queries. I imagine that the first few months are going to be pretty brutal on both the consumer and the uh, company's end. So, you know, be sure, <laughs> be sure to expect that. Do we have any other questions or comments, yeah, well, Michelle? Yeah, let's do one more here. Okay. Um, Jeffrey Wright came back. He said, and, um, going back to the cloud, cloud storage, and your okay. reference to getting data into the cloud, um, isn't the data owner still responsible for maintaining CCPA data security standards in the cloud? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't get a f out, get out of jail free card just by going to the, the cloud. cloud. No, it's if anything, it's worse. So yeah. 
All right. Great. Well, thank you all so much for watching this episode of Tech Talk. And thank you to all of our viewers for your very thoughtful questions. If you have any more questions, be sure to leave them as a comment. And like Maria said, we'll try our best to get back to you with either specifics and we'll be help to um, elaborate okay. on some of your questions. I found my article about the opt-in, oh, okay. opt-out. European, <laughs> European users must opt in. California allows companies to allow people to opt out. Okay. okay. Yes. Wonderful. Well, we will leave you with that. So again, thank you all so much for watching this episode of Tech Talk. If you liked this video, be sure to like the, it on YouTube or on LinkedIn. And also be sure to subscribe to our channel over on YouTube. Um, if you have any other questions, we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you, Maria, again, for coming in. And thank you all again for watching. We'll see you next time.